you doing? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Leather Helmet Fandom Podcast. Today, you will be joined by Ian Pisarchuk. And myself, Caleb Consman. Later on, we'll be having a special guest. Won't be talking about that now, but let's just jump right into playoff predictions. Later on, we'll be talking about the Chiefs' potential dynasty and the situation that happened to the Browns versus the Chiefs on the fumbling out of the end zone. So let's jump right into our playoff predictions. There's only two games this week. Uh, the old heads versus the young heads. I won't even say they're versus each other, but young versus young and old versus old. Mm-hmm. Potential... Uh, great quarterbacks playing each other while we have old heading out the door in the next few years, uh, quarterbacks going off against each other. A uh, couple things I want to talk about before we jump into it. I just think it's very unique that Brady and Rodgers are finally playing together um, or verse each other in the playoffs. And I don't think we've seen them in the playoffs yet. No, they never reached the Super Bowls. At the same time, so it never happened. Right, so this is this is a, a very anticipated game. So um, that's a big game to look forward to. And then you have Mahomes and Josh Allen going head-to-head versus each other. Josh Allen had a great year this year. Uh, the Bills are looking better and better as the weeks go on. They've been proving people wrong, all the doubters. And Bills Mafia has come to play versus the Chiefs potentially might be that dynasty if they get past this and win the Super Bowl. So let's just jump right into it, Ian. Who you got? Packers versus Bucks. Well, I'm just going to start this off by saying so far with my predictions, 8 for 10. Last week, I was 4 for 4. Wait, who's your second loss? I know the Steelers versus Browns. And the Titans. Titans, Titans versus Ravens. Okay, you bet on the Ravens? I said the Titans were going to beat the Ravens. Okay. And I lost Steelers. I thought that was Browns. Uh, vice versa. So that was that only two so far early on last week for f- four for four. So I got a good um, eye for things right now. Brady's still fighting against Father Time. Uh, they might have been able to get the victory. He threw, I believe, three touchdowns last game. He threw for less than 200 yards passing, though. He didn't do anything crazy. He played smart. He got the ball out quickly, did what he was supposed to. But for the most part, the Bucks carried him to that win. So in my opinion... The Packers get the victory in this one. Um, I it's been ten years since Aaron Rodgers has been in the Super Bowl. I think it's it's time for him to finally get back to it. I think that would be a good thing for the NFL to have one of the best players to ever be in the league to actually get to the Super Bowl. And I just think all things are firing right cylinder wise for the Packers. Um, Devontae Adams looks unguardable right now. Their plays that they're designing for him and the rest of the team aren't awesome the run game's working i th- i think it could still something still need to be better blocked and ran and this and that but i think they'll be able to do that against the Bucks team maybe not f- get like 150 yards rushing but be successful in the rush game and you know i just think tom brady's not going to be able to do enough in this game to get the victory i think there's going to be multiple turn- turnovers um, I could see Tom Brady having two and maybe even Aaron Rodgers having one. Both these defenses are really good, and I expect both defenses to play really hard, work their asses off, and maybe even make a couple plays. But that's all I got on this game. What do you got? Yeah, I got the Packers as well. Um, I just think that watching last week uh, versus the Saints, I was saying in the prior predictions that Brady will – mess up and throw maybe a pick, maybe two picks, and they've lost to the Saints uh, in the weeks past because of Brady, and then for whatever reason, it wasn't because of Brady, but it was because of Drew Brees this time. He just kept throwing pick after pick after pick, and it just wasn't a a pretty sight for Brees, especially if he's uh, not going to be here, or not here, but in the NFL next year. Um, Either way, I think Brady is bound to make a mistake um it's just who he is and especially with Packers having that elite corner I just can see them picking up picking him off and even if he doesn't pick him off I still think he's gonna have a bad game and I think the Packers will be able to outscore the Bucks. it's plain and simple as that I also believe it's gonna be snowing a lot there if it's not snowing it's gonna be cold as shit anyway um they're at Lambeau Field so they have that advantage um, and then you have Rodgers with Adams' connection that's been one of the best connections all year long. Um, 
Antonio Brown is hurt, but I believe he'll just be playing regardless. Um, but you have both their backs. Fournette actually looked pretty good um, catching uh, last week. So I don't know if they'll keep doing that this week, but either way, um, I just can't see them staying up with the Packers' run game and then the Packers' connection with Adams and Rodgers. Either way, if for whatever reason they can't get things going, they always spread the ball and get their guys open. I think it was uh, Lazard had a huge catch for a touchdown in last week's, and that was strictly because every time he usually does dirty work, just like they were saying, and run blocks for people. They disguised it, act like he was going to be run blocking again, and instead just dicked it, did a go route, not really a go route, but uh, just dicked it on him after disguising it and then got wide open. Rodgers read it, and plain and simple, they just got touchdown. So whenever they want to, they can score. Uh, I don't think Buccaneers, whenever they want to, they can score. So I think it's going to come down to Packers outscoring them. Should be a great game. Also, I read some stat that anytime the over and under is over 50 points, uh, Tom Brady loses a lot of those games that he uh, is in. So I, I don't know if that really plays a role in it at all, really. But right now it's set at 54 for the over and under. And it always, usually always goes on the under, too, as well. Um, has higher odds of it going under when it's set at 54 and Brady mm-hmm. plays. So look for the Packers to win, move on to the Super Bowl, and meet with the team that we will predict next. Who you got, man? Chief versus Bills. You know, both these times, both these teams really remind me of each other. You know, young QBs, they can rush the ball but really don't. And, you know, solid defenses, but both defenses are flawed in many ways. But the biggest difference here for me is the head coaches. You know, Andy Reid is a veteran. He's been here before. He's won his Super Bowl. He's been in a Super Bowl before. And you turn the other side, Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. He's a young coach on the rise. He's doing some great things, but hasn't been there yet. Doesn't have the presence that um, Andy Reid does at this moment. So that's why I like the Chiefs on this one. I think they get the victory here. And, of course, all this comes down to if uh, Patrick Mahomes is starting and how healthy he is. And to me, he practiced today. It said he was limited, this and that. I pr- I, I think he's going to play. I think he'll be maybe not like 100% who is 100% in you know, the conference finals. You know, Everyone's a little banged up at this point in the season. But Mahomes will be good enough to play. He'll run around, make the same plays he always does. And because of that, I think he gets the victory. You know, Josh Allen, he's been awesome, but it it seems like too big of a task to just ask him to go head-to-head against Patrick Mahomes and outscore him and get the victory in this one. And I get it. He has some awesome weapons with Diggs, Beasley, you know, all this. I'm not sure if it's better than the Chiefs' weapons with Hill, Kelsey, and all these guys. Not a chance. So, you know, Josh Allen would have to play at a near-perfect level. Sean McDermott McDermott would have to coach a perfect game, and that Bills' defense would have to step up, maybe create a turnover or two, which I honestly could see them getting a turnover here, and I think this is going to be a closed game. And I'm... You know, I love the Bills' energy that they're putting out right now. Um, they're hype as shit all the time. They're having fun playing football. And they remind me of just like the 2017 Eagles. You know, an underdog team that shouldn't really win, but they're playing great football. They're having fun. They're not making mistakes. But, you know, the Eagles didn't run into a team like the Chiefs. You know, and I think the Chiefs could really just take the wind out of the sails for the Bills, and I, I I expect them to do that here. Chiefs get the victory for me. Uh, which, who do you got in this one, Caleb? Yeah, the Chiefs as well. Um, my predictions in the very beginning were Chiefs versus Packers. I'm gonna stick by it, um, regardless of what their competition was that was gonna go up against it. I just felt like the Packers and the Chiefs were red hot. They wanted it. They had the better offenses, and they had the defenses that could hold up enough for them to outscore their opponents every single time. So with that being said, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Uh, Their defense showed up last week versus Browns, and they showed them last year in the playoffs. They just always tend to show up when it's needed, and I can't 
go against them. It's kind of like going against uh, New England, the Patri- uh, Patriots, back when they were their dynasty. So to go against them, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. I guess you could make the bold prediction that Bills make it. But I don't even think it's really that big, that bold, especially if Mahomes is dealing with this concussion, not concussion, whatever the hell it is. Um, that really did happen to him. But either way, they have elite players all around the field on the Chiefs. Um, and I really think Bills only have one, maybe, yeah, I would just say one elite player. And that's really much, that's really digs. And that's pretty much about it. Um, Beasley, he's a great player. He looked hurt, very, very hurt last game, but he still played out, played and showed out. Um, so as long as they can shut down Diggs, which the Ravens fucked up so bad, they didn't have Humphreys or Peters on Diggs, like majority of the game. That's like your two best defenders, and you're not going to stick it on their best weapon. Like that makes no sense at all. So they just brutally fucked up. Hopefully they double team Diggs. Uh, if the Chiefs are smart enough, and I think they have the coaches to understand that and lock them down so they have to move the ball to someone else. The run game is ferocious, and I can't see them move the ball on the ground. So it's going to have to get done through the air, especially when you're trying to keep up with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will just simply just take it away. And we got Chiefs versus Green Bay. And I guess we could just move into our next segment, which we're going to talk about. The Browns versus the Chiefs game and the big fumble right before halftime. The score was Browns 3, Chiefs 16. There, It was the second quarter with a minute and 30 seconds left. The wide receiver caught the ball running towards the end zone. He dies. He's about a yard, half a yard away from the end zone. The defender dies as well, hits him. Some helmet-to-helmet contact. The ball f- comes out of his hands, he fumbles it, it goes in the end zone, goes out of bounds, and the rule is in the NFL, the other team gets the ball, it's a touchback, so the Browns lose possession, Chiefs get the ball at their own 20-yard line. I just want to talk about that rule a little bit. It's been a you know heated subject of many analysts and sports talk shows as of late, and I want to get our point of views on it. Do you think that rule is justified do you think that's the way things should be yeah i think it um especially when it comes down to playoffs um obviously you can't just change the rule midway through the year and change it during playoffs but um it even shines in the light more during the playoffs that hey this is a rule that needs to be changed so in regards if it needs to be changed or not i think it does need to be changed do i think they just need to discard it completely and act like it's fumbling out of like i don't know halfway down the field just like anywhere else other than the red zone no i don't think they need to treat that way i think it actually just needs to be treated like as a downfall to the team that does do that um strictly because you're in the red zone and your job is to take care of the ball and get in the red zone you already have the upper hand where you can go out of bounds and just reach in for the pylon and just go over the uh, red zone line and it's automatically touchdown. So you already had the advantage and to give another advantage to the point where like, Hey, you know, you're like super close to the red zone. Um, and if it goes out of bounce, then who gives a fuck? We're just going to get the ball here or we're just going to get the ball back. I just feel like that's kind of cheap because then they're really not going to take care of the ball, which they really need to. Um, mm-hmm. and you really need to highlight it when it gets close to the red zone. So, I think they need to do something. What they need to do, I don't know. What, what do you think about it? So, I kind of agree the same idea as, you know, maybe there should be a punishment. You know, you, sh- you do always need to take care of the football. But to me, it, the rule doesn't even make sense for the NFL. The NFL wants exciting plays and this and that. And that rule disencourages players to dive for the pylon, you know? Um, you, you know, if I dive, I could get hit, fumble the ball, go in the end zone and we just lose possession of it, maybe I should just run out of bounds on the one-yard line and we'll just you know, next, take the next play at the one-yard line. So as the NFL, the NFL should look at this and be like, we don't want, um, we want more exciting plays. We don't want to take those away. So maybe we should just allow them to regain possession where they fumbled it. Or at least maybe just say, you, you know, throw a flag. 
make it a penalty, you know, uh, fumbling in the end zone, it going out of bounds. 10-yard penalty, replay the down, and play from there. Because when a team gets the ball at their own 20-yard line or their own one, wherever, you get the ball, you drive all the way down the field, you do everything right, and then it just comes out of their hands and by inches goes in the end zone, out of bounds, this and that, whatever it is you give the other team the ball and just change the momentum of the game completely. If the Browns regain possession of football there, score a touchdown, it is now a 10-16 to game, and the Browns have a good chance of actually winning that game once Patrick Mahomes goes out. Yeah, Definitely no guarantee that the Chiefs win that game at that point. That was the only tipping point, even regardless of um, the fumble. That was the only turning point of them losing but if you added that fumble into a touchdown then yeah that's really really looking like the browns are going to win for sure and if they don't then they just don't deserve to even be there to be honest exactly it's just that that's such a huge change of momentum so i'm okay with you penalizing the team with a penalty or just doing pretty much anything else just besides giving the other team the ball you fumble anywhere else on the field you know, the fumbling team regains possession of the football. So, to me, it just doesn't make any sense to be like, oh, well, it was in the end zone, so now the other team gets the ball. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. I really question that that call altogether. I remember when I was younger, I would watch it and be like, I don't understand it. But I always let it go because I was just like, well, that's just the NFL. That's the way things work. I don't like it. That's one of the rules I would definitely change looking into the future. But looking at it more, there's even more controversy with this play. You know, there was a helmet-to-helmet contact on the play. Uh, a lot of people say he fumbled it because of that or it should have been called just because it was a blatant helmet-to-helmet hit. What, what are your thoughts on this, Caleb? It's one at the end zone. So the guy's running for the end zone, and your job is to stop him from getting in the end zone. So when a guy is diving that low... um and he's reaching out for the end zone, you really have no option than to try to go lower than him. And you can't go super low because if you go too low, then you you never really know if they're just going to jump over you and then just dive right in. So you kind of have to like put it somewhere right in between either the waist or maybe right below the waist. And especially when the guy's coming from midfield and you're running the guys, the other guy with the balls running straight down the sideline, it's kind of hard to just be like position yourself and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to keep away from his helmet like it's either you sit there and you're like well i guess i can try to hit his body or hit his feet and then hopefully somehow he doesn't reach it or i can just try to grab the ball from his reach or something like that but either way you have to make a hit and with i don't know like the whole motion of the contact the two people making contact i don't think they could control that much um and i don't even think it was like him trying to hurt the player or really trying to dive in with the helmet to helmet. Like you can see plays when someone is trying to spear someone and you can see plays when someone is trying to rip off their head. It's just plain and obvious. And then when there's other plays where you slow it down and then like, well, he, he led with his shoulder, but then his helmet just reached first. So it looks like a helmet to helmet and it is a helmet to helmet. So there's enough contact to call it. Like I don't, if you're debating it, it probably should not be called. If you're not debating it at all and you're just like straight up the second you see the hit live, if you can see it live and you know that was a helmet to helmet live, then you already know like that should be called right there and then. But if it's not and you need like this super slow down alter- alternation of the play, um, then I just think it's just like completely ruining the game, especially when it comes to red zone. Maybe if it's like, for first down, maybe if it's for like, I don't know, a couple more yards or something like that because it's not a scoring play. But when it comes to a scoring play, like their only job is to make sure that person doesn't get across the red zone. And I think that's where when it comes to red zone, there has to be certain rules that are adjusted. Yeah, I really like what you said about intention, most of all. You know, you could tell his intentions were not to, like, spear the guy in the helmet to hurt him or anything like that. And I think with helmet to helmet, that's one of the bigger things um, that should be called about helmet to helmet is intention. You know, if it's blatant, if you hit him 
hard shit in the helmet and it was an accident, but it was clear. Okay, I'm okay with you calling that every once in a while if it's super blatant. But this, on the other hand, you know, there were the guy with the ball who's diving to for the end zone, and then the other guy to tackle him had to dive himself, you know? And there's no way to make a perfect form tackle on a guy who's diving like that. You can't put your head on, to, on the side of his body and wrap your arms around him and do all the things that you're supposed to. And especially on that play with the guy's momentum going forward like that, you have to stop his momentum because if you just go in um, soft nonchalant. and yeah, nonchalant, just wrap him up, he'll carry you for that extra half yard and he'll get the touchdown. Or even if you go attack his lower half of his body, say just, you know. It's not going to mess his reach up. Yeah, it won't mess up his reach at all. He's just going to continue reaching out and he'll score a touchdown that way. That was the only way of really stopping the score. And and he did the right thing. He made the play, even caused a fumble, turned all the momentum around, and they might have won it because of that play. The Chiefs might have won the game because that guy tackled him the way he's supposed to. So to look at that play and say, hey, guys, from now on in the NFL, you cannot you know, use your head like that or you can't make a tackle like that, it'd be absolutely absurd because you're just – in a big play like that, you know, you got to make a split-second decision. There's no way you can hold back and just let the guy score that touchdown. So that that's my thoughts on that. And, and a lot of people are saying, oh, how do the refs miss that, this and that? Think about everything that's going on in that play, you know. It's close to the sidelines, so one official's looking to see if he's stepping out of bounds. The other official's looking to see if the ball breaks the plane. And there's just so much all the refs are looking at. So two guys diving at each other and their heads accidentally hit together. And there's a fumble too. Just not one. Just not something the refs like we're looking at. And I'm okay with that. You know the refs, they do a lot of bad shit. They they they, they do miss a lot a of lot great of shit too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, they're, their they're ball all, placements they, are spot on. Yeah, they get a lot of hate. I'm never gonna be able to do that job as well as they do, honestly. For sure. Uh, they, they seem to remember so much of the rules. They have it in plan in their head. Like you said, where they spot the ball, sometimes it's actually insane because me watching it live on TV, I'm like, bro, that's an awful spot. And then you look and they're like, their knee just touches right. and it's right where they put the ball. Sometimes like, like, a player will even be blocking the ball and like – from where they're looking at it, like on their side, they can't even see where the fucking ball is. But for somehow, somehow they place it exactly where it should be. When you look on the other side, you can see where the ball is, mm-hmm. and they do it in like super slow motion. You're like, how the fuck did he just see that in like his eye? Especially when most of them are like probably fifties, maybe even older. Maybe that's, that's why they probably have like a so much experience that they're able to almost play out. It in their head, like yeah, this guess. is probably what happened. Their knee probably went. I don't know. That's the only conclusion I can come down to. That. But really, uh, hats off to the refs. They're I working. Mean, they're working the a game part. of centimeters, not inches. <laughs> centimeters. <laughs> no shit. You're not lying there. Um, so yeah, I just completely agree with you. Uh, they do miss miss some every once in a while, but man, just just to hate on them for that play specifically. You're asking way too much from the officials there. So I don't think you missed it on that one. And even if you did, I think maybe technically you're supposed to call that. Let that one go. You know, that's too big of a game. Um, Playoffs, too big of a moment to call that. So I'm really happy that you guys let that go and just let the game kind of play out how it's supposed to be played. Especially since, like, um, in the end, well, not in the end, but um, towards right after the play, but it wasn't directly right after the play, but... Sometime down the road, um, Mahomes left, so it gave him more of an advantage to even come back in the game. So, like, although they had stuff going against them, in the end they had Mahomes going out. Obviously, they, you can say um, Garrett went out too as well, but he was, like, hurt before the game even started. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have really been playing, and it was uh, they. you could see it on the, him on the sideline. But either way... Um, Towards the end, they finally got stuff going in their favor with Mahomes going out, and that's a huge loss. And somehow they still lost regardless without Mahomes, and that part just mind blows me that they still lost, to be honest. That's off to Andy Reid there, to be honest. Yeah, and that dude for uh, putting his, I don't know the backer's, the backup's name, but he put his line 
or his life on the line fucking reached out and was just like, I'm getting this one yard and he didn't even get it. And then he goes out. They think they're not even really going to run the fourth and one. And then he does it, throws it off the hill, and he gets his first down. And that's game. So uh, congrats to that dude. Probably the biggest highlight of his whole life probably. And he'll probably remember it for the rest of his life, especially if they go off to win the Super Bowl for oh, sure. Could you imagine, bro? You're like a legend in the history right. with the Chiefs, and you barely you even did anything. <laughs> to be honest, you had like two big plays. <laughs> right. That'd be crazy. We'll jump in to our next segment um, about Chiefs' potential dynasty, where they're calling. Today, we're joined with a special guest who I'd like to call Scump, a.k.a. Maxi Pad, the most savage player I know. Max Wazalewski. How you doing, man? I'm good, fellas. How you guys doing? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. What's been, up, Max? Been a long time up, since uh, I've seen you. Long time since we talked. If you want to just give it's a... a while. It, it's been a while. If you want to give a uh, quick rundown where you came from, uh, where you went to school, and pretty much just how, how you became a fan of football. I'm originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico. <clears throat> I moved to Nazareth, Pennsylvania when I was like six or seven. Right. I started playing football at like a super young age. Uh, I went to Kutztown, I got a scholarship to Kutztown University. I ended up playing football with Ian. That's how I met Ian. That's my boy. And me and him became pretty good, pretty good, pretty good buddies at, at uh, Kutztown. What position did you play? <clears throat> I played a uh, slot receiver, punt returner, and kicker returner. Word, word. He's the wide out, the truth. He's our uh, Cole Beasley. So before we jump into today's <laughs> topics, I got a quick question for you. What is... Uh, sure. What would you view Ian as a bitch or a guy that stood up for himself uh, on the football field? Ah, uh, no, nah, Ian. Ian always stood up for himself, man. He was fucking. Or excuse my language. Nah, <laughs> nah, you're good. Ian was always the truth, man. Ian fucking. He, he came to play, man. That's that's one of the reasons why. But you know, I didn't really talk to too many people when I first got the clips down. Um. And I don't think Ian really did the same, but I'm, I remember one day at practice, I watched Ian like, truck like two or three people, and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make friends with this man, dude." Right. He just, he, you know, what I mean, he just he wore his heart on his sleeve and he played hard as shit every every down. So appreciate that, dude. I really do. You you were the same type of player, like I said. I really do like watching Cole Beasley play the other day, and even like the way he like jogs. I'm like, damn, it kind of looks like Max, bro. Both red, <laughs> both head, redheaded fucks too. So. <laughs> is Cole Beasley he's right? Yeah. Um, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's something like he's that. He's got some like blonde in him, I feel like, too. But uh, yeah. here you go, Max. With you being a wide receiver, too, this will, uh, this is kind of right down your alley. We were talking about the uh, Browns fumble against the Chiefs a little bit. Uh, first off, I want to ask you, how do you feel about that that rule? There, there was a lot of uh, people talking about that that rule sucks. I, I'm not sure if you agree with it. If you fumble into the end zone, do you think it should so be? The other team's ball, or I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, if you're at, like, the one-yard line and the ball gets knocked out and it goes through the back of the end zone, yeah, 100% it should be the other team's ball. You know what I mean? So you're um, for it, then. Yeah, me, me and Kay were actually yeah, 100%, arguing against it just because it seems insane how if you fumble anywhere else on the field and it goes out of bounds, it, you still retain the ball. It's, um, yeah, it's still your ball. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. And it seems like such a harsh thing that you could drive 90 yards down the field, get that close, and maybe just because you fumble it and it hits the pylon, it is now the other team's ball. Um, I suggest maybe doing something like penalizing the team. You know, I, I'm not really sure what they would do, but, you know, replay of downs, lose 10 yards, and do do that. You know, that's still a big um, penalty or, or whatever for – Fumbling the ball, and I get that it, you shouldn't just retain the ball right where you fumbled it, but it just seems really ridiculous that the other team gets the ball and all the momentum changes just because it maybe that's took, exactly what I was maybe, about to maybe say. because it took a weird bounce because that that's all it could be. Yeah. like maybe it just didn't bounce right out of bounds nah. it went through the end zone. A hundred percent. I mean, that's one of the great things about the game of football, though, is because momentum can shift. At any point in the game, and that's one of the biggest things. That's one of the biggest momentum shifters. You know what I mean? Especially with the example you used. They they march the ball, you know, ninety yards downfield, and you know they think they're about to go in and score, and bam, you punch the ball out, and it goes out in the back of the end zone. That just gives a huge momentum swing for your team now. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I think I think it's a really cool rule. Um, you know, teams can get fucked by that, but at the same time, you know, hold on to the ball. Right. That's yeah. what I, I told Ian. I don't think they'll ever change it. Um, if they do change nah, it, no, nah, that's I. I don't think that's one of the rules that they'll ever. You know, one of the things about the game now is, dude, they change so much shit every year, and it's just like, dude, what the fuck even is football anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like they're out there that. playing patty cake most of the time. Yeah, that brings up a perfect next point. Is um on the same play, kind of what caused the fumble, or what some people are saying caused the fumble was there was helmet to helmet contact when the. Yeah. Wide receiver was diving for the end zone, and the defender dove to tackle him as well. What are your thoughts on that? He's a bitch, right? The helmet to helmet contact. Yeah, the helmet to helmet contact. Should they have called it? Um, is that something that you so, want officials yeah, that's, to call? That's another or do you thing. want them to play through so, that? One of the things that I think with uh, the golden boy of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, um, Dude, he, that 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 kid gets so many goddamn calls thrown his turns the Chiefs way because they just they I, I truly believe they dick ride that motherfucker so hard. Like yeah, he's a great quarterback. He's a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. He also has one of the best receivers on his team. He has the best tight end. He has a couple of great running backs on his team. Um, Pretty good defense. Just yeah, his defense is is fucking ridiculous too. But it. it that 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 sort of thing. There's so many things that that he gets his way, or the Chiefs get their way, I should say. That other teams, they're not going to do that for other teams. I think I think another team, if that was another team, I think they would have got that head-to-head contact call. Really? But that's another thing. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Do do you think that but, should uh, be called? Do you, do you are you are you for calling that, or do you think that's a play that you know the nah, defender? me personally, me personally, I grew up. Playing when when you could use your head, you know what I mean. I'm glad uh, you said that. I and so you did you. So did you. No, no, hell no. I'm not again. I mean, it's stupid to use your head, but at the same time, there's a reason you wear your helmet. Especially in that situation. There's a reason you wear the helmet. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's hard and, to and determine where your head's going to hit on a on a you know the guy on a moving, when, yeah, when both of, when both of you are diving. You know, it's it's kind of last second. You're you're like fuck it. I'm sure. I'm going to dive. I'm going to do whatever I can to get keep this guy out of the end zone. Out of the end zone, exactly. But not even that. It's it's you know yeah. it's weird to me how how a couple of years ago, the like a running back running the ball, if he wanted to chuck someone, he could he could put you know the crown of his helmet down a little bit and give him a little bit extra arm. Or if you were going in to, to hit someone super hard, you know what I mean. You could you could tuck your head a little bit and you could still keep your eyes up, and then you could drive through them. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nowadays it's like everybody the way they teach you to tackle too is, is just ridiculous like everyone's diving at the knees and everything that's why there's, that's why there's no more defense anymore yeah. like you look at the defense nowadays compared to you know early 2000s and it's like bro that's why there's some of these games that go up to 50 points yeah, you know the, what I mean? The NFL definitely wants higher scoring games. Uh, they they think their ratings are a lot better that way, so they change rules and everything to kind of accommodate yeah, exactly. the offenses instead of the defenses. And it's literally putting the defenses in like impossible positions to the point where you can't make exactly. tackles, you can't defend anyone, you can't touch a wide receiver. So yeah, they, that's what that was my next point, dude. And like growing up playing receiver, you know, and Ian will even like he'll tell. I was always one of the smallest kids on the field. But I definitely was one of the most physical because I always knew I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get hit anywhere I go. So you know what I mean. Nowadays, dude, if I played in this type of football game, I would have, I would have been great. You know what I mean. <laughs> I would have never had to worry about anybody fucking touching me. I'm like, oh, okay, I can jump up for this pass. Don't got to worry about shit. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's ridiculous. I think it's also crazy that like the whole way you're going to beat someone, especially with someone that's like smaller, like just physically more built, yeah. getting lower. And then, especially oh, yeah, yeah. head to head, and you're trying to get lower than the other dude, and you're basically both just getting as low as you possibly can, and then somehow, some way, your helmet collides with the other person's helmet. And it's not like you're fucking meaning to actually do it; it just happens because you're both no, trying yeah. to fucking make a play. It's end of story. It's not like you're actually out yeah. there to headhunt motherfuckers. So no, no. One, well, there was certain players back in the day that you know you could even listen to the interviews. They they were headhunting people. Mm-hmm. They wanted to go out there. To hurt people, right? But most people, most most people that play the games, they're not doing that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, when you when you take out that 
that util like the use of your your helmet. It, that's why you see so many missed tackles nowadays because you see guys putting their head, face, you know, eyes down to the grass or the turf and dive and lunging for somebody and completely missing. You know what I mean? Instead, instead of like a form, a picture perfect form tackle, the way we all learned it, dude. I, you know what I mean? Like these kids nowadays, they they learn. I don't even know what the what the hell they teach them anymore. You know, you, I, I guess you picture, see highlights and stuff, and and you see these big hits, and some of them are putting down their head and just lunging, and and they do, deliver a big hit. And the, I guess the kids are trying to imitate that and do the same thing. The thing is, is then you have no wrap up, and then they're just straight up. If you, exactly, exactly, big, dude, All it's right. just a bounce off. It's just like did, never gonna fucking yeah. happen. Did you guys see? Did you guys see the um the first power return from the Buccaneers Saints team? Yep. Dude, that kid would have got blown the fuck up if that kid just rapped. But no, but that's one of the things. Like, he put his fucking eyes to the ground and tried fucking diving at him. Didn't even wrap him up or anything. And the kid bounced off the, bounced off the, uh, the hit and, and took it, what, 50 yards, 50, 60 yards? Yeah, yeah it really. I don't know what, when they lose um, form and technique. I mean, I guess when you're just so good, sometimes you were stronger than the other kids and maybe that worked. Yeah. So you just kept doing it, yeah. but it's ridiculous. It really is. It's so frustrating as a, a guy who's played for so long and loves football just to watch that every single week with every game you watch on every that. single week, every single week, and then and then you see sometimes when there is a, a nice perfect form tackle and then the flag gets gone <laughs> through a little head to head to head contact or hitting a defenseless receiver or whatever. It's it's, it's ridiculous, man. Some of the, some of the rule changes within the game now. It's just like. I still love football. I'm always going to watch football. But some of the shit that you watch nowadays, it's like, dude, I don't even want to watch this shit anymore. Or like how, like the quarterbacks, dude, they, they literally, they're going to be two hand. I promise you within the next 20 years, quarterbacks will be two hand touch. I promise you. That'd be some Almost gay looks like it. <laughs> But uh, uh, we got, but dude, the second. No, nah, nah, you, huh? you continue. All you. The second that happens, the second that happens is when I stop watching football completely. Bro, but when, with the way the game's going that's, nowadays, that's when the XFL blows up. Honestly, <laughs> you think they're bringing <laughs> that back? Yeah, they are. The Rock, Rock, know, uh, Rock's the owner now. You I know. know that, right? I was gonna say, I know the, I know the Rock owns it and everything, but I haven't heard anything. I think since he bought it. Don't think it's this year. I believe it's the next year. But uh, the we, next following season. Yeah, we got word. You already gave us a little. Uh, I guess preview of what we're talking about next, and that's uh, the Chiefs and kind of the um, dynasty. And honestly, you're going to sure. hate me saying it, but some of the goats that could potentially be on that team. Um, and I was going to start off with Patrick Mahomes, and you. I guess you already started on that, so I guess I'll, I'll let you finish. Do you do you want to? Let's let's put a little context behind this. So Max is a very big Patriots fan. Tom Brady diehard Tom, yes, Tom Brady fan. So yes, you're, sir. You're trigger some Tom Brady's getting his shit. seventh this year. He's getting <laughs> oh, his seventh God. this year. God, bro. Let, let's jump on to this. If it, right if, it goes, if it goes the Chiefs versus Bucks in, play, in Super Bowl, and then we have that same shootout again that happened the one year where it went in overtime, but it doesn't go in overtime, and then Chiefs and win. Won. And, and who won? And if Chiefs, if Chiefs win <laughs> this time, to win the Super Bowl and shut him out of the Super Bowl, then what are you gonna say? Especially with well, a stacked team, year. don't say don't don't tell me there ain't no uh, Mahomes has a stacked team because Brady has the same exact stacked team, if not some. Oh no, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. No, I, I'm not, again, I'm a realist. I understood what he did, why he went to the Buccaneers. It was the easiest way for him to get to the playoffs. And he got, he had the most weapons. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They had a great defense the year prior. Their weapons on offense were awesome. And then they even added some. You know what I mean? They they lot, they truly honestly. went. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They truly went all out for this year. For this year, definitely, and possibly next year. Mm -hmm. They went all out for him. Um, but yeah, as far as Patrick Mahomes, the Patrick Mahomes. Is by far one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. By far, you can't argue that. Do you he's think one of the he's most the best right now? Of... Do I think he's the best? No, one. No, I don't. Where do you have him on the list? Of all time, right now. Not all time. No, right now in the NFL. Not all time. No, no. Right now in the NFL, I'd I'd want to say 
it, it's probably a toss-up for me between Rodgers and Brady and then Patrick Mahomes. So you can either put Rodgers first or Brady first, and then the offer mentioned second, and then I would put Patrick Mahomes third. And then right after Patrick Mahomes, I would honestly put Josh Allen. Josh Allen's showing out. Yeah, he's been a beast as of late. I think it's almost ridiculous that you still have Tom Brady that high, to be honest. I, I know the guy's still doing some great things. Dude, you're just right? a hater. You're a hater. I am a hater. But, again, numbers with the best wide receivers in the NFL, honestly. There's not a better trio than those three. And I could even say, uh, he's not even, what, Quattro? But at the same time, look, at, the, look, Scotty at, their, Miller? look at their rush offense. Oh, yeah, Scotty Miller's awesome, man. I love watching him. Yeah, that, that rush offense what, is, is pretty good. What is their rush offense? Dude, look, no, there's not. For, no, they are not. They're like, like, because they don't run the ball like that. Fournette's a beast. He gets going. Um, Jones could get going at any point. He's actually a pretty good rusher. He just can't catch the ball for shit. So I like they Jones. use Fournette more. I like Jones. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're not wrong about that. I, I just think it's almost insane. So here's my case for. You know, it, it's still so early, but for Mahomes being the GOAT here, you know, he's got the Super Bowl he's MVP definitely already. more talented. That's for damn yeah, sure. Yeah, his talent's off the charts. Oh, he's yeah. Super Bowl but, MVP. But, but exactly. He's but you MVP. can say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. Hold up. You say the same Hold thing about here. Aaron Rodgers is the most yeah. talented quarterback in yeah, the Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm going to – I'd make an argument there too, but here's something. But right. how many rings does he have? Here. Probably two after this year. <laughs> All right, ready? Wait. Nah, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me get my thing going here, boy. All right, all right. Mahomes, right. so he's got his Super Bowl MVP already. Uh, he's got an MVP. His TD to INT ratio, I believe, is second best of all time behind, um, all time. Uh, behind Aaron Rodgers. He's an incredible talent, and his team is perfect for him to excel on. And this is talking about the next... 10 plus years. He's got the great coach. He's got the weapons. He's got everything you could possibly want offensively. And this guy is going to be insane putting up 5,000 yard passing seasons, probably stack MVPs up. You know, f- to, to think this guy's going to end his career with one or two Super Bowls, that seems very unlikely. So I think he's going to end up with multiple Super Bowls. And this guy is definitely going to end up up there, I believe, uh, if he's healthy and this team stays on track. Andy Reid sticks around, the wide receivers. If they keep that core together, they stay healthy. It's almost impossible to think that he's not going to end up at least on a top five list by the end of his career. Sure. For sure. For I, sure. Uh, and I honestly, I don't I don't disagree with you. But at the same time, you know, just like we were just saying about Aaron Rodgers, people have said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers for how many years? You know what I mean? And every year, it's all this, has- this is the year so much less than Mahomes does though. Like he was saying, he has the perfect team to succeed. Like my man is stacked all around. For whatever reason they made the uh the cap work for his team. They're still keeping around the core players year in, probably year out, uh, for at least the next five years, four years. And Rogers just got handed shit to be honest. Like other than this year, which he still really didn't even get handed that much like his teams have been ass, especially his defenses. I think there's only two years, maybe three, that he had a good defense, and then regard that, disregard that. It's just ass. So yeah, Rogers didn't yeah, really have uh, opportunity to fucking the defense, shine. There's been a couple of years where his defense wasn't the greatest, but you know, I mean, he still put up his numbers and everything like that. But again, people have been saying for how long? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's one of the greatest ever. He's one of the greatest ever. Fucking man only has one fucking ring. You know what I mean? Right, even big like, he's one of the greatest ever. <laughs> Hard with Mike McCarthy, huh? though, man. He showed that Mike McCarthy's not a very good coach, I believe. The Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys were trying to kick Cowboys. him out like six weeks in. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, it's I don't even know if it's his fault. They throw in um, a young-ass coach who didn't even have much experience, and Rodgers is just taking control Sean. of that team and going wild. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. you know, I don't want to go completely wild over Mahomes right now. I want to yeah, let's go completely here, wild over Kelsey because no, no, we're, we're going to skip Kelsey right now too. Uh, we got we got Maxi here. He's the wide receiver expert. Let's go to him, Tyreek Hill. What's your thoughts on this dude? I know it's almost impossible to think that this guy's going to end up being like the goat, the best of all time by the end of his career. No. But do you no, see, do you see a point He's- where he could break maybe a top ten or top twenty list? I, I mean, yeah, especially in that offense. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, but at, at a certain point, when you get to a certain age, we see it with every wide receiver. 
every wide receiver that plays the way he does, either whether they get hurt or they get to a certain age, they, they drastically decline. You know what I mean? Especially with how small he is. And he's already shown a few times, you know, he can get hurt. You know what I mean? He still has great years, but he's definitely, he definitely gets hurt. I agree but with if that he, too. If he can stay, I've watched Deshaun Jackson for a long time, but the one thing I will defend Tyreek Hill with is this motherfucker is strong. I mean, he he, you could oh, tell yeah. he lifts. He, sure. He's in shape, so there's a thing that maybe his body does hold up better than like a Deshaun Jackson or or Deshaun somebody Jackson. like that. Well, one of the things with so Deshaun skinny. Jackson, yeah, one of the things with Deshaun Jackson though is he was never big into the weight room and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? He was just a natural a natural talent. You know where I think someone someone like um. Uh, fuck, I'm sorry, I lost his Tyree name. Kill. Uh, Tyree Kill. Yeah, he he's worked and tirelessly for what he wanted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that's not to say that Deshaun Jackson didn't work, but at the same time, we all know that kid was not hitting the weight room like the way he should have been. You know what I mean? Course, you look at him, yeah. and yeah, I think I think I think right now I weighed like the same amount as him. What is he like 175 or something like that? It's gotta be. Yeah, that's pathetic. To and, be honest, if he is that, way. <laughs> he's like best, yeah, yeah. best one ninety because he's like, got to be like what, like what? Yeah. Five, 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 eleven, five ten. Oh, Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, not, yeah, I think he's like, I think he's like five ten, five nine. They got oh him at five ten. Uh, doesn't say weight here. Yeah, five ten. He's he's probably like one ninety ish, maybe, maybe even a little bit less. And. Yeah. Oh, it says one seventy five. Yeah, the guy's. He's just. He's I told small. you. I told you. Yeah, he's small. Bro. <laughs> that, that's small at five ten. Yeah. Um, especially when you get older. Uh, so here I want to talk uh, to you that's about. What I'm saying. I, I want to give you some stats real quick. Ready? The last four years, Tyreek Hill averages twelve hundred yards receiving a year. A little bit over that. Eleven TDs every year. Uh, he's missed six games within that point. So I'm looking at his age. He's 26 Six now. Six games in four years really isn't that no, bad. No, that's, not, you know that's I mean? not bad at all. I mean, pretty durable. I'm I'm saying you could even imagine those numbers if maybe did stay healthy through you know that whole time, but six games isn't yeah, bad exactly. at all. Um, at 26 so years old, years, this guy nah. has 5,400 yards receiving, and t- I I looked up some stats and everything to to probably be within top 10 conversation. This guy needs to end up with about. 14,000 yards receiving by the end of his career. So he needs yeah, about so I'm saying- eight and a half, uh, eight, 8,500 more yards to do that. And if he could min- maintain 1,200 uh, yards receiving for the next six years, he's about on pace to that. He's about on pace. That's crazy. If he can stay healthy for six more years and put up you know, relatively the same numbers, if not a little bit better, I can definitely see him putting up, you know, over 14,000 yards. And like but, you said, he might get injured and fall off a little bit. Some speed exactly. might go down, but I could see this guy, he's averaging 1,200 yards receiving. I could see him explode for a couple seasons with 14, 15, 1,600 yards receiving in a year. And that really yeah. help out maybe later in year five or six when he gets 800. Yeah. So, and, and another thing, like I said, this guy has is averaging 11 touchdowns a year. That's really high, um, yeah, almost unexpectedly high for such a small receiver. He's obviously small, not yeah, really exactly. like a red zone go up and get it guy, but he oh, is he actually able. Gets it. I was going to say he, he is actually able to go up and get some balls, and he's just so explosive that he scores touchdowns from anywhere I, on the field. Anywhere. That's what, that's what I was just about to say. That man is probably one of the most explosive people I've ever watched play the game, and He's a threat from anywhere. He can stretch the field from anywhere. You can put him at punt returner. You can put him at running back. Put him at kick returner. Put him at receiver. Shit, you can even put him at wild wildcat quarterback. And and he has the threat to take it anytime he touches the ball, which is for sure. It, it's like you and, know, anytime you it, see him it, in motion, it's like fucking wild, bro. The second you see him in motion, and then the second he either like leaves the line of scrimmage, like he just fucking dicks it down the field. Yeah, it's like yeah, unbelievable to watch it. It's not even like his footwork too. His footwork yeah. is, is definitely one of the most underrated things about him. Like his speed is otherworldly, but on top of that, his footwork just as a receiver, that's something that I, I pay very close attention to. And his footwork is just like him and Stefan Diggs. Dude, I really believe, I truly believe those two have some of the best footwork right now in the NFL. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement too. It, it's you look at the, all these speedsters and, 
some guys can, you know, they they go they go out and make fifty six yard plays, but they don't have feet work like this guy. Like like we were mentioning earlier, this guy actually works. You could tell he he's working, yeah. he's running routes, he is in the weight room lifting, he's running all the time, his endurance is high. I, I don't think I ever see that guy out of breath, even though he's running full speed hundred percent of the time. Yeah, I think that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, not nah, for receivers. real. Is the yak, which also contributes to your footwork, because the second you get that ball, if your footwork is shit, you ain't gonna get no yak whatsoever. And any play that any player that can get yak is automatically, regardless of how your hands are, automatically just gets skyrocketed up because you're you don't need a good quarterback to actually get plays. They're straight up just playmakers. So yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the last person on this dynasty. We got two more, actually. Hold it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, last player. <laughs> last that player. Last That's player. true. You're right. Uh, of this maybe dynasty that we're watching uh, unfold might be better than Patriots. Who knows? Travis Kelsey. Travis, Travis Kelsey. The new Gronk? I is think he, he's he? better than Gronk already. As oh, far my as, God. As far as accolades, no. As far as how many rings you have and whatnot, no. But I think he's better talent-wise and production for how many years oh. Years to actually production, I think he's better than You Gronk. two go off. Let's hear it. I don't have much stats because <laughs> I'm just going straight off the ball. Uh, straight off the rip with this. Dude, but from numbers what don't watched, lie, bro. Numbers don't lie. From what I watched, like Kelsey is just another animal when it comes to like oh, all around, all around tight end. Like As far as hands, yeah. I'm giving it to Kelsey. As far as blocking, I'm getting – Probably gonna give it to Gronk, not by a shit ton though. To be honest, it's pretty damn close. I've seen Kelsey. Gronk has a bigger body, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And as but as far as hands going up and getting it, bro, I'm gonna give it to Kelsey all day long. And as far as being like, I mean, especially overall around uh, like a bigger threat in any situation, I'm gonna give it to Kelsey. It's just the fact that I truly think Tom Brady and him are like no other connection. And my man just got fed like a motherfucker. And I'm not going to say Kelsey didn't get fed because he's still getting fed like a motherfucker. But regardless, before even Mahomes was even there, he was still popping off. Mm-hmm. And he was still looking yeah, like yeah. one of the top five. But top look, at, look, at, look at who he had. I mean, and I'm, you know, I get shit all the time for this. Dude, Alex Smith, he's not an elite quarterback. <laughs> he, like, th- thank you. Thank you. Alex Smith is not an elite quarterback, but he's right. He's right underneath that level. Alex Smith right is one under. of the most underrated quarterbacks to ever play. Yeah, I don't to ever play. I don't know. I wouldn't put him that close to elite, but he just did everything you could possibly like ask from a quarterback. You know, he wasn't doing anything crazy, yeah. but he would put the ball where it needed to be. He was smart enough to know where the ball needed to go, be, and he would put it there. So, yeah. and just um, some quick numbers here, real quick, to help you guys with this argument and whatnot. Um, so. Travis Kelsey, he broke the single-season record for receiving yards this year, broke Gronk's. Uh, over the last three seasons, he averages over 100 catches a year with over 1,300 yards receiving a year. This guy has been going off in an insane way, and it's almost like if this – he started when he was 25. His first year in the NFL, he was hurt. He did not play. So starting at 25, that's going to hurt his GOAT kind of argument, I think – People like um, Tony Gonzalez. He started when he was twenty. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah, he started when he was twenty-one. So he's got four years on him to get. You know, he had a, he had a big head start over over Travis Kelsey. So it'd be hard yeah. for Travis Kelsey to catch up with a guy like that, or maybe even Gronk, just because it's so late. But if this guy is able to go into his old age, uh, if he's able to put up another five to seven years of this elite level, he could definitely be in that argument for me. And oh, I want to ask 100%. you this real quick, Max. Um, by the end of his career, where do you think he's going to end up? I, I, I do truly believe he'll end up in that, at least a top 10 tight end group. Oh, um, I can probably how, see him. How, how easy is that? He's probably already well, there. I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done. I can see him finishing probably third or fourth on that list of, of top five tight ends. I definitely believe 100% he'll be in the top 10. Um, one of the things I wanted to say, though, is if, if you go back in Gronk's career and you take away some of those injuries he had, they wouldn't even uh, those numbers would not be comparable to to um, 
Travis Kelsey. Well, that's another thing. You know what I mean? The best player is the player that's available. And the, the, yeah, the best player that's the most available, 100%. Yeah. He's available but, all the time. You know, he, he puts in the work in the weight room. He puts in the work on ladies. He puts his work on <laughs> outside of fucking work. He works on top of work. Like, if there's a fucking role model to be, it's fucking Kelsey. I'm sorry. If, if there's anyone that you would want to hang out with, I guarantee you would hang out with Kelsey over fucking Gronk any single day. Max, nah, hell Brady, nah. bro. Get out of here. Nah. <laughs> you, the second, the second nah, Gronk approaches not, you and Kelsey approaches you, you're like, yo, I'm going with fucking I don't Kelsey. Know, dude. Dude. Gronk's kind of a party animal. Nah. He's a party it, animal, it, but it, he's yeah, so yeah, different, yeah, dude. It'd be just <laughs> different. Spend a night with Gronk. <laughs> I mean, Kelsey. No, dude. What's up, bro? <laughs> nah, I like that type of shit. <laughs> Oh okay, yeah, yeah. We're we're talking about um all these skill position uh, elite players too and whatnot. Uh, I think a lot of this has to be contributed to Andy Reid though, and and he's another guy who honestly could end up goat by the end of his coaching career. Um, he's the only coach to host three three consecutive conference yeah. games. He did back it in the back NFC back, yeah. and the AFC with the Eagles and the Chiefs. It mm-hmm. is unbelievable that. It's almost crazy to think that the Patri- Patriots never um, accomplished that. But, nope, just Andy Reid and his two teams got to do that. Currently, he is the sixth most winningest coach wait, in, wait, wait, wait. in the NFL. Hold up, hold up. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm hyping up my man Andy Reid. Right back. <laughs> sixth most winningest coach in the NFL with 220 wins. Bill, Bill Belichick is third with 280. So, Andy Reid's, what, 59 behind that? Um, so, Got got a little little bit of work to do, but not too bad. And then uh, Don Shula is number one with three hundred twenty eight wins. Um, an accomplishment that if Andy Reid stays around long enough, he might be able to be number one, if not that, number two, behind Belichick. With that, with that team, Andy Reid, I don't see Andy Reid going anywhere for the next seven years. Exactly. Um, so yeah, he'll he'll definitely unless he dies. He'll be on that. Deck. He'll be higher on that list. Um, Andy Reid is is by far one of the the most underrated coaches again of all time. Um, what he did with that that Eagles team back in the day was insane. With and then what he's doing, with, yeah, exactly with Donovan McNabb. You know what I mean? And, and everyone, no name wide receivers beside the one year they. Yeah, no, ex- yeah, yeah. Kevin Cur- Kevin Curtis. That was my man, though, all right? Don't talk shit on Kevin Curtis. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm not talking shit, but, like, Todd Pinkston, Kevin Curtis, you know, shit like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Downtown Reggie Brown, yeah. I mean, nah, he's – that man is – he's going to set up his team um, to to be in the most successful spot as possible. He's not going to deviate from his game plan. He's going to make it so that, you know – just, just the way he runs is, is the West Coast offense and the, just the way he game plans for everything. You, you can tell he puts his players in the, in the best position to win. Yeah, um, for sure. So you can't, you can't, you can't take anything away from, from yeah, Andy Reid. And, and the, if you do, you're just a hater. And the biggest example of that is literally just this past weekend on that fourth and one play call with the backup quarterback. You know, most people thought he was just going to uh, run out on the clock, try to, you know, force him to go off sides. Um, they pull the trigger, they go for it, and of course they pass the yeah, ball. They, they don't even fucking run it. <laughs> yeah. That was a lob, too. They threw the ball. Yeah. They went in shotgun. They went in they shotgun. shotgun. Who goes bro. in shotgun on fourth and one? <laughs> Nobody. For Nobody the does game that. With your backup quarterback in. It's it's ridiculous. It yeah. really was. It was such a hey, great shout out, play call. Shout out to Chad Henney in Michigan, bro. Oh, shout out to sure. Chad Henney in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Caleb, you, you got any word on Andy Reid? What do you think about him? I, I, I really do believe that he probably ends up like, it's hard to say GOAT, but I want to say that. Like, I really think if Mahomes I don't, plays at the level he can, that Reid ends up number one all time. I don't think he'll be GOAT if he sticks with his team strictly because uh, Belichick is so high up there and people have such high regard for Belichick and what he's done. And he's had a lot less than Andy Reid has had during Andy Reid's prime time, and this is his prime time now with KC. Obviously, he's done great things with Eagles that you can't take away, but his prime time is now and going forward, and he has a lot more than fucking Belichick has had, and Belichick obviously is more of a defensive coach, and Andy Reid's more of an offensive coach, so it's kind of hard to like compare the two, 
um, especially because Belichick has made amazing defenses year in and year out. And Andy Reid has made amazing offensive calls year in and year out. So it's kind of hard to compare the two, to be honest, when they're on two different playing fields, even though they are technically still both the same head coaches. But then you also have on top of that, Belichick's kind of like the fucking manager as well. I don't know if Andy Reid is like that or has ever even been like that when he was on the Eagles, but Belichick's been doing that whole shit. He scouts, he does it all. So it's not just the coaching aspect that you have in Belichick, but you also have him um, as far as managing him, his players, uh, scouting people, basically being the yes and no to who the fuck is going in and out of this um, team and what's going to happen. Like, he basically sat out his best fucking defensive player strictly because he wanted to in the Super Bowl, I think it was, right? Yep. Um, and yeah, you're talking about Malcolm he, Butler? Yeah, yeah I, I and appreciate he still that, just bro. didn't give a fuck. Bill Belichick, you the man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't believe Malcolm Butler was our best defensive player at the time, but he was I mean, up, yeah, he was, it was fucking was stupid. He was he was definitely no, he de- he definitely he definitely was up there. I mean, he definitely he was probably like top 3 on our defense. He wasn't our, he wasn't the best, but that was yeah, that was a dumb move, but it was strictly it was strictly cuz they knew they were moving on from him, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he was but just and it was to just do it, to do it in a Super Bowl is, is, a, is a fuck you type of move. Exactly. You know what I mean? Him like, taking oh. control of the situation, yeah. him having power. Yeah. Big but there's, and there's I don't also, think Andy Reid has There's it. also... No, yeah. There's also a, a couple stories flowing around that Malcolm Butler was like out of the nightclub or some shit. Something like that. Like a couple nights before or something like that. And then he missed a team meeting or something. Sounds like know. McNabb in the but, um, I was going to say, I believe it just because it just seemed like too big of a move unless like the guy really fucked up that you, that you sit him at that point. And one of the biggest yeah. things with Belichick versus Andy Reid is Belichick has asterisks next to some of his titles. So, oh my I mean, God, I'm, here we I'm go with this out. shit. Yeah, when when you, when you get to <laughs> oh, it, shit. by the end of the career, people will talk about that, and that just gives Andy Reid a little bit of leverage over him. All I'm gonna yeah. say. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so I mean, we kind of talked about what Andy Reid did earlier when when he played when he sorry when he coached for the Eagles and. uh one of the things I want to say is look at some of the players that uh, Bill Belichick, like, like nobody ever gave Julian Adelman. If you would have looked at Julian Adelman, like, yeah, he, he doesn't have it. He's exactly. not going to make it here. Crafted a bunch of players. Or, or Danny Woodhead, you know what I mean? Or fucking uh, Danny Amendola. Damn, I forgot about uh, You know, yeah, or even Gunnar Olshensky or whatever his last name is. Uh, like, Bill Belichick has taken so many players that were that were good players, and and has given them the chance to to be great. You know what I mean, and but that at the same time, none of them were ever great in the NFL. Even even Julian Edelman, yeah, he's one of the greatest playoff receivers of all time. But how many how many thousand yard receiving seasons has he actually had in his career? Yeah, I think like I think two, two-ish. one or two. Yeah, Over something one, like I think that. It's two. And and I, I was yeah, but I then think he, that. Yeah, what you're, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off a little bit, but what he was so great at is creating these great players almost on his own, but not making it so that they were irreplaceable. He was, he, he would replace them if they wanted a big money contract. Exactly, yeah. All right, cool. I'll replace you. It happened with James okay, White, Deion yeah, Lewis, yeah, all those running backs, bro. He was just working Jamie, through them. Well, not, we, we kept James White. Um, but look at, look at, well, I'm Jamie saying Collins. he was the one that who replaced Deion Lewis, though. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but look at or was it Jamie Collins or I think it was Jamie Collins the one yeah it was Jamie Collins when he was like I want to be paid as the best linebacker in the NFL because at the time he was that that year and then he's basically Bill Belichick's like what you want to go play for the worst team ever okay here you go you're on the Cleveland Browns now you know what I mean <laughs> yep that's... so he, what he did what he did great is he 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 got players that maybe weren't the best but he got them to buy into what he wanted to do and and then look. Look where it got us, you know what I mean? Or the Patriots, at least. At the same time, I can say the same thing for Andy Reid, except for recently. Because really, with that, that Chiefs team, at least on their offense, you can look at even some of those linemen, dude. Even some of their linemen, you can look at them and be like, dude, he is a great player. Travis Kelsey, great tight end. Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback. Uh, you know, um, I think Tyree Hill, I can't say. Takes them all to the next level, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
I the one thing I do want to say though is Tyreek Hill. I can't. He is a great. He, he's a great playmaker. I can't say he's a great receiver just yet, but he is up there. He definitely is up there. Oh, for but, sure. Running out of time here. Just about that time, Max. I think uh, time to get this wrapped up here. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate you having uh, stopping by with us, Max. Uh, Absolutely, man. I'd love to do it again sometime. Yeah, bro. Bro, stay in contact more often, bro. What have you been up to? Yeah, I never let's knew you. Uh, let's, let's get on the podcast a little bit more. Let, let's let's get together sometime, too. Let's do it, man. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it for sure. All right. Well, that's pretty much about it. Um, if you guys want to let us know your playoff predictions like we did in the beginning of the segment, let us know down below. Um, hit up my boy, Max. I uh, don't know where he is on social medias. Um, I'm all over the place, he's man. He's all I'm over all, the place. I'm, I'm, Banned on... Follow Jose Blanco on there. <laughs> Jose Blanco, true that. Yeah, I'm banned from Facebook all the fucking time. He, like uh, I said, they don't like when you express your opinion. He's super savage. Fucking funny-ass dude. <laughs> Uh, great person all around but if you have any comments let us know in the comments below and that's pretty much all we got make sure you like share the video uh let us know what you thought about it uh how we can improve the product uh talk about us get the word out there we'd really appreciate it we're trying to grow this community up and become you know a solid place to uh inform all you guys and have have a good fandom and community going Thank you so much, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, bro. Anytime. Peace. Peace Take care.